Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com Blue Water Climate Control Podcast. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday with Rob Lewis and Austin Price. I'm Brent Hubs. Plenty to get to, plenty to talk about in this podcast. But first, let me remind you about our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Remember, they're the guys you need to call when you want a repair done the right way, the first time, and the right repair. Blue Water Climate Control is going to take care of you. Whatever the repair need you have for your AC unit, um, if you need just regular maintenance, if you need a major overall, if you need a brand new unit, they can take care of it all for you at Blue Water Climate Control. Give them a call at 865-299-2290 or check them out online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com where you can book an appointment and get everything set up that you need to. All right, guys, plenty to get to. A lot of recruiting to talk about. Um, certainly some other things going on in the world of college football that's interesting. That's going to make for a a wild few months for sure, but let's, let's start first with the Tennessee baseball team. Um, I, I mentioned this, uh, Rob, um, and in Austin both. I think I wrote this in the war room on Friday. Tennessee's going to sleep a lot easier once LSU hires a coach. I'm not saying Tony Vitello is leaving, but with that job out there, there's got to be some uneasiness, you know, with, with Tennessee. Tennessee is making, making a serious commitment to facilities upgrades, financial commitment there. They put a nice package in front of Tony Vitello, uh, but Rob, the lure of the LSU job is something that can get some coaches' attentions out there. This is a very odd search that LSU has going on right now. Yeah, and it's kind of, I mean, to be such a plum job, it appears, you know, if, if what's out there can be believed, it appears they're having a tough time nailing down their guy. I mean, whether it's true or not, I mean, it's out there. They were turned down by, you know, the Florida's head coach, the former you know, a guy from LSU turned down by Ole Miss. Ole Miss is head coach at LSU who played at LSU. So, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, it's a much different situation than the Tennessee football job. But they've got a lot of guys' raises and extensions in the last few weeks, which makes me wonder, you know, why – from the outside looking in, it looks like just a sweetheart of a job. But you're looking at a search that's, you know – getting close to a month right now so is it is it that great of a job is there too much pressure to you know to to win there at a place that's won you know five world series titles and since the 90s i don't know but i think for tony vitella i think if he is lsu's choice i think he will make more money there if you if the numbers that have surfaced can be believed that they've thrown at people but i think you've got to judge that against your legacy i mean do you want to be known as a guy who, who built something yourself or you want to be a guy who carried on tradition and you know i don't know tony well enough to guess at, at how he'll weigh those factors well i don't think well, i don't, he, I, don't I know i know i know i know tony's really been big on loyalty you know i mean that, that's part of his heritage um he spoke at length about that during his tenure here brant so for me you know i think that that you know is part of the decision you know Ultimately, it's not all of the decision just because, you know, Tennessee gave him a shot doesn't mean he's going to just go, okay, I'll take the hometown discount. I mean, you know, I I think that, you know, ultimately what this is coming down to is the fact that, you know, as Rob said, LSU seems to be, I don't know, striking out or just coming up empty uh, or maybe not great fits in in certain regards when they've looked into certain coaches. I'm knocking on wood on this one because I know ball fans are going to say, don't say that. But, like, doesn't it feel a little bit like when, you know, USC was trying to replace Pete Carroll and Lane was, like, option 24? I mean, like, you know, uh, 
it, I, I'm not saying that, that, that Tony Vitello is even the guy. I mean, the, the thing is, like, none of the LSU people are really out there, you know, pushing Vitello's name out there a whole, whole lot. No, they're not. I, I mean, I don't think anybody, um, and, and I think Ben mentioned this in the chat, I don't think anybody has a handle on, on the LSU search in terms of where Scott Woodward, the AD, is trying to go uh, or what's going to happen there. And, you know, maybe he maybe he has interest and in, in really talks to Tony Vitello after the season's over. Maybe he doesn't. You know, I, I think – uh, to me, it feels like LSU's got some guys they want to talk to who aren't going to do any talking until after their season is over, whether that's the coach at Arizona, whether that's a Tony Vitello, whether that's um, the coach in Virginia whose name is floated around out there, um, that, that type of thing. I mean, I, you know, anybody who's still playing is not going to be doing any interviews right now. Here's the one thing I wonder about LSU before we dive back into Tennessee stuff with this job, uh, Rob, is – with everything that's been going on at LSU, with the basketball stuff, everything that's been going on in the athletic department, with the Title IX stuff that has surfaced out there, um, some of the issues that they, that they have had that have been pretty high profile in the news, does that, you know, wonder if that makes it any less attractive? It didn't on the women's basketball side of things, obviously for Kim Mulkey at $2 million a year, but you wonder, does that in any way make – um, the LSU job less attractive to somebody. I, I don't have any idea the answer to that. They've been in the news a lot, though, for their entire athletic department for things you don't want to be in the news for. Yeah, I, I hadn't really considered that angle, Hubbard. But I mean, I guess it's something to think about. But I would sort of think that for, you know, not really a revenue-producing sport like baseball, I think might be insulated from some of that, much like I think the women's basketball side of things probably – is insulated from that too, especially when you're talking about the title nine stuff. I mean, if anything, I think Howard Mulkey was a big time PR move by them to, you know, in, invest in, in women's athletics and you know, kind of thinking about the optics a little bit to make that kind of a splash higher. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And, and I think, I think part of this brand is just the fact that like, it's kind of, you know, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong for Tennessee fans. Sure. And so like, they're, they're just waiting on the other shoe to drop. I mean, I think that's where the nervousness, comes in more than anything else, you know, whether it be the media and or the fans, they've just seen, you know, it, it go terribly against Tennessee for the last decade plus. And so everybody just waits on bad to happen. Yes. And, and again, this is an odd search that's a month old now. I mean, you would think that at some point earlier in the year, they probably knew that they were going to be in a coaching search and, they didn't have anything in place to go really fast. It doesn't feel like so. Uh, and it certainly doesn't feel like they've got their guy waiting on his season to end at this point in time. It feels like it's very much a, a search and Tony Vitello might be involved in that search. Ultimately, ultimately he might not be heavily involved in that search. We'll see where the LSU administration wants to go. Again, I want to reiterate Tennessee. I, I think is I've mentioned this in the chat has talked about numbers in the $1.6 million range for Tony Vitello. Uh, with a with a financial commitment to facilities that I think is at a minimum of twenty five million dollars, um, and, and we'll see what that looks like from there. I know there's a lot more discussion to take place about what about the facilities in terms of what everybody wants from size of the stadium to what the student athlete needs, what a coach thinks the student athlete needs for recruiting and development and all of those types of things. So uh, nothing finalized on exactly the facilities front other than there's a clear financial commitment being made to improve 
uh, the facilities at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So we'll keep a close tab on that. Obviously, the baseball team is in action this afternoon against Texas, trying to stay alive at the College World Series and a World Series that's not going to script at all for anybody at this point in time. Uh, the, the favorites have struggled. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt's one and one. They could have lost their opener. They won in extra innings, and then they uh, got shut out by, by NC State. Nobody saw Texas losing. Uh, Tennessee gets handled by uh, Virginia in, in the opening round game. So that that bracket, none of the brackets have gone to script to this point. So we'll see how Tennessee rebounds uh, in a must-win game for both Tennessee and Texas in an elimination game coming up later this afternoon. All right, let's talk a little football recruiting here, Austin. Uh, Tennessee had seven official visitors in, a big unofficial visitor in over the weekend. Walter Nolan back in town on Monday. Um, on campus, hanging out with coaches for a bit again, um, as it again appears he's going to end up in East Tennessee for a senior year of football somewhere as, as they're going to make the move here. Uh, let's talk about the weekend that was for Tennessee. No public commitments. Where do you think Tennessee helped themselves the most? Um, and and kind of where do you think it, the landscape is coming out of those seven official visitors? Well, I think Masai Reddick, uh, Loved his time here. Tennessee's in great shape with him. I think he'll do something probably uh, sometime early August. Um, you know, I think Tennessee did themselves a, a really good solid with a guy like Addison Nichols, you know, who's long been thought to be leaning towards Tennessee. Um, you know, but I think this official visit was a big deal for him. Um, you know, I mean, you look at who Tennessee's going to beat out for him, and it's, you know, Southern Cal, it's Ohio State, it's Georgia, and it's Florida. I mean, like, you know, you win that rec recruitment, that's a big deal for Tennessee's football program, in my opinion. You know, I mean, you think about, like, where they could be going, you know, let's say to the month of September. Let's say some of these kids could do it and come in August. You know, if they were to land Cam Miller, Isaiah Horton, and, and, and Addison Nichols, how much different does their recruiting class feel, Brent? I think it feels drastically different. It's three 250 kids, um, you know, that – They'd have some momentum, some traction there uh, with, with certain players. So, you know, I mean, I, I think the Addison Nichols – and then the biggest, you know, the, the biggest recruit in the weekend is, is you know, Karan Prunty. I mean, I, because he he literally will show up on your campus if he picks Tennessee, you know, coming up the first week of July and, and will be playing for you this fall. There's no bigger recruit than the kid that can help you right away. And, you know, I think Tennessee – you know, did well this weekend. There's some positive vibes coming from campus, but at the same time, Prunty's very reserved and very kind of guarded. So I'm not sure he ever said, hey, I'm for sure coming. I just think that, you know, the vibe he gave off was he's having a good time and Tennessee did themselves a lot of favors. All right. So I know this is going to come as a stunner to you guys, but I'm a little bit pessimistic on things. Um, and I know that's a surprise to both of you all that that's the case. Um, Austin, am I wrong in saying that um, it's an upset if, if Brubaker ends up at Tennessee? I've always felt that way. Not that the visit went bad, but after the visit, does it still feel that way to you? Well, he just – he's he's so kind of – I won't say coached, uh, but, I mean, he, he, he says nothing that gives you any inkling of any feeling. You know, he had a good time, but – He's going to take all the visits before he sits down and, and works towards a decision with his family. And, 
you know, it'd be unfair to kind of give a real, real hard take on anything until he's seen everything and can weigh all the options. Um, you know, I, honestly, Brent, Penn State is the been the long, you know, thought process there amongst everybody because his dad played there and they live up there. But with this kid, it wouldn't surprise me if he picked anybody. I get, he, he just seems like one that could totally pick anybody out of left field. Could pick Tennessee, could pick South Carolina, could pick Vandy. I do not think he'll pick Stanford. Um, so, you know, I, it just feels like this one could come out of left field if it's not Penn State. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think it is out of left field for me if it's not Penn State because, as you mentioned, Penn State appears to be um, – you know, should be the odds on favorite with the ties that they have. And his, his dad, you know, being a player there and the fact that they live in, in Pennsylvania, Rob, that's just not a player. That's just not a player. Penn state misses out on state very often. And it's, and it, it, it's not analogous to when Cade was coming out, you've not just had a coaching change. Your, your, your program's not, you know, in disarray coming off an Oh and eight season in the sec. I mean, yeah, Penn state wasn't great last year, but they also have been, you know, winning nine and ten games and, and playing in, in big bowls are a pretty steady clip for the last, you know, five years. Yep, they certainly have. I, I told you this before the visit. If Tennessee goes 50% on Nichols and Brubaker, that's a win. Yep, I agree. In my book. You know, if you, add, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you add Reddick, and then to me, like, the real – like, what can they get out, done out of Mo Clipper this weekend? This staff loves Mo Clipper. You know, can they, can they do a good enough job to – to uh, be a real player for him when it comes to decision time. If, if they can, then, you know, to me, that, that's setting up to be a really solid offensive line class, you know, and I, and I get like some people on our board and I don't understand Reddick. I saw Reddick in person on Saturday when I was over there getting um, Caden uh, Curry. He's a good looking kid. And, and, and I need to change his profile. I, I got to figure out what he, you know, measured and all that stuff at. He, he's way bigger than six, three. And uh, is a really good-looking kid. Now, can he play? I don't know about that. But as far as just pure looks, very much looks the part. All right. So um, you mentioned Caden Curry. Let, let's let's talk a little Caden Curry r- right quick with, with that one. Big for Tennessee to get him in town. Uh, you had a chance to visit with him. Where, where does that one feel like, Austin? And I know that one's got a way. That one's probably got a ways to go here. But what does that one feel like? It feels like it's got a ways to go. I mean, he's not taking any official visits until, you know, the fall. And I thought that was really interesting because everybody's been such a, in a rush to to take visits and commit in the month of June and reserve a spot. And he's going to the exact opposite. He's going to take all five officials for game days in the fall. Um, I think Tennessee ends up getting an official visit out of this. I think, you know, now whether they land him or not, I don't know. But I, I think they did a, a nice job with him. I think, you know, Taven will get them an official visit. And at that point, Tennessee's coaching staff, the defensive staff, Eckler, Banks, Garner, they'll have to to uh, to to do the rest. But I think Taven Jackson, his relationship with Caden Curry, gets Tennessee an official visit. Um, you know, maybe I'll be wrong, but I just kind of the feel I had having talked to both those kids uh, over the weekend and you know he, he's another good looking kid got a, you know got a high motor quick twitch and got some swagger to him uh, i'll say this the one thing that i think tennessee's done a good job of in the month of june is getting kids here unofficially so you look at caden curry walter nolan 
even like some kids, particularly this particular this week with Jarko Perkins set, set to be in town with, you know, uh, them, them just kind of swinging back around to Miles Pollard. I mean, I, do I think Pollard's going to end up here? No, I think he's probably going to end up with the Big Ten. Um, but, I mean, like just getting kids here to see it, you know, I think goes a long way. Would you love to have more kids camp? Sure. But, Brent, it's just the way that recruiting's going now. Kids aren't going to camp anymore if you're the current class. That's just not something they're going to do. They might do a private workout for, for a staff, or they might camp if – they're trying to earn a particular offer. Outside of that, they're just not going to camp. Yeah, Rob, if, if I were advising a kid, I would probably advise him against camping. Yeah, if he's, he's going to be a gonna, senior with with offers already. I mean, if he's got offers from the schools he, he wants, I mean, hey, man, put your slides on and, and go on the tour and take get the pictures, right? I mean, what's the advantage for you? There is none. I mean, I think AP, you know, AP's pounded this point quite a bit, and I completely agree with him. If you're – a guy sitting on eight or ten offers heading into your senior year, uh, you can't do anything but hurt yourself. Say you have a bad day. Say you, you know, have slipped coming out of the gate and you're, you're 40 time and you're normally a, a four six five guy and you run a four seven five. Or, you know, just there's there's no advantage there unless, as AP said, you want to, you're going to a place that you haven't been offered from. And I tell you what, man, that's going to put a lot of pressure on coaches when they when they evaluate senior tape. For not for a lot of guys who have carried offers over from their junior year, uh, I, I think senior tape is going to be more important than ever in how co- in how coaches use it. Well, particularly in a year where you haven't been able to go out and see anybody in person, you know, some of these guys didn't come camp here, and you know, some of them didn't haven't played in a year, and they're going into their senior year. That that's going to be really critical and, and going to be really fascinating to to see, you know, kind of how all that shake, shakes out from a national scene. Austin, let me ask you, uh, Walter Nolan's been on Tennessee's campus twice in the month of June, two unofficial visits. Making too big of it. I mean, he's, he's going to go see Alabama. He's going to go see Georgia. Uh, he's not taking that official visit to LSU. What, what, what do you make of kind of the, the mid-month shuffle and, and kind of plans and, and where he's going? Is it still Florida as kind of the lead dog and everybody's chasing? Or, or do you think he just is unsure right now and is – circling back to see some places for a second time, like Tennessee and Georgia. I know Florida feels confident. I, I, I think this thing, again, much like, you know, um, the other kid we talked about, Indigo Brubaker, uh, this one could go a, a lot of different directions over the next month, and I think it will. I mean, Michigan feels confident coming off the official visit um, this past weekend. They, they feel like that they have a chance to, to swing him. They feel like they have a chance to, you know, to land Diarco Perkins. They feel like they – you know, you know, Cody Jones can help them land uh, Walter Nolan. You know, the fact that their dads grew up around each other and so on and so forth. So, you know, we'll see. I, I do think that, you know, you're not making too much of it for the fact that Tennessee's back in it. You know, I, you know, I, I do think that, you know, if he plays his senior year up here and it certainly looks like he's going to, that uh, that, that helps Tennessee's chances because he's going to be around, um, you know, the the you know the program more and more um but you know to me when's he do it you know and even when he does it this thing ain't going to end until he signs yeah i mean you know you're in a situation where he's taking a bunch of he's taking a bunch of official visits how many trips is he going to take on saturdays in the fall or is he just going to come across town and, and see tennessee if he's in indeed you know in knoxville 
for this fall. And it certainly, as you mentioned, feels like it's going to. All right. Uh, I know we'll have all, you know, we'll have a bunch of names later. G- give me a ballpark of what you're anticipating, Austin, for, for this weekend. Is this a is this a seven visit weekend? Is this a 20 visit weekend? Or is it somewhere in between? Well, it's going to be somewhere in between. It's going to be more than seven. I think by the all times all said and done, you're looking at 13 or 14. Um, I like yeah, it grow. Well, Mo Clipper, um, you know, uh, Quintel Jones is a kid that Tennessee's been in great shape with, you know, uh, down there in, in, in Rodney's, you know, part of Georgia that he's had so much success in. Um, you know, Peach Tennessee's County, we'll, try to close, uh, we'll try to close that one out this weekend, Hubs, and, and we'll see if they can. Um, you know, obviously Cam Miller and Isaiah Horton, I think, are set to be here officially this weekend um, and, and have a chance to really take a huge step towards landing both those kids. Caden Pope will be in town. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, possibilities as far as really putting yourself in position. I think we'll feel like – I don't think anybody commits coming out of this weekend. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Quintel Jones might. Um, but even then, I think he's likely to go back home and then talk it over and then do something. I think, you know, what you'll you'll see is, is, you know, the next two, three weeks, you know, the impact of this weekend could potentially be felt. Um, so I asked in the chat over under three – I think you're looking at at least a push before August 1. I think Tennessee gets at least three commits before then. AP, are all those guys official this weekend? Did you just yeah, all those guys, yeah, all those guys are official. There's actually a few more on there um, that are that are slated to be here. I just named the ones that I think are most realistic that Tennessee's got the best shot what's, at. What's We're over 20 now, right, for official visits for the month? Counting this Something like that, counting, yeah. counting these, the one this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, they'll. Oh, go, I mean, they'll, who doesn't? If they have, if they have fourteen, if they have fourteen, they had seven last week, and that puts you at twenty-one. They had two the first week, and that's twenty-three. And then, what they have six the week before that, so it's almost thirty. Yeah. You think there's? But, I mean, they, but all these visits though count towards last year's recruiting cycle. It'll reset come July one. It just you know obviously kids can't take two visits. Um, once you've taken one, you're done. But. Tennessee could use as many as they wanted to. And I think that was, you know, the big thing we didn't realize until Brent figured that out was like Ohio State's going to bring in 50-something visitors. Okay, it doesn't matter because they reset July 1st. Well, but it matters because you can't bring that kid back in the fall. Right. Individual, right. Yeah, right. correct. Yeah. 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 You, can't, you can't bring those guys back for a second visit, but you're not, not going to be low on numbers there. Okay. And I think that's why I think that's why schools were have been so free with their numbers. Um, you know, you know, this month now, obviously you're taking a, you know, taking a risk. I mean, if you're sitting here and you get to the end of the month and you brought in 30 visitors and you got three commitments out of 30 visitors, that's, that's not, that's not a, enough efficiency, you know? I mean, that's, that's, you know, now maybe, you know, maybe you get some of those later, but if you don't feel great about a bunch of kids after you visited 30, then, then it's going to be a challenge, a little bit of a challenge to put your class together. So, you know, my that, question that, is, is how, how many, how many commit – what's Tennessee's percentage of visitors to commits when the high school football or – when, or when Tennessee kicks off their season September 2nd? Like, how many of these kids that you brought in have you landed by then? Because, I mean, like, you know, like, look, look, look at Masai Reddick. I mean, he's going to do something in August. Well, I think we all know what he's going to do. He's going to pick Tennessee. So, like, you realistically landed that one, but right now you haven't. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think your point is in your calendars is is an interesting and, and probably the date you ought to circle to look at is the week of Tennessee, the week Tennessee or the Thursday Tennessee kicks off. 
how many of the visitors did they bring in have committed either to Tennessee or they've committed somewhere else out of the group that you brought in? Are you still in the hunt for some of those guys and it's a possibility? Are you out of the game with them because, you, you know, you, you used your visit and they've committed somewhere else and you can't get them back on campus. That, I think that's the, I think that's the interesting number to look at when you get, when you get to the Bowling Green game. Yeah, if I'm a coach, that's my concern. I mean, I think that's the, you have the way that say, say you do get Cam Miller committed. I mean, maybe not this weekend, but before the start of football season, let's go. It's tough to get back up from Memphis for a Saturday game. You know, when you play high school football on Friday night, he, well, especially when there's not a, a, a direct flight, which is a travesty in a lot of ways. And, you know, just as an example, you know, say he does start the season as a commitment, but can't get back up here, decides to take two or three other official visits and, you know, starts looking around. To me, it's just – I get why Tennessee's doing it. I feel like the coaches have to do it because they need to get – they need to meet kids. They need to get in front of them. But I think it's – I just think it's really a really tough decision if I'm a coach on how to play that. Well, I think you have to. I, I don't think you can play the waiting game because so many of these kids are wanting to pull the trigger. And if you play the waiting game, you may never see a kid. You know, it's one of those, it's a double-edged sword. Tennessee needs to show success on the field to help recruiting, but they also, you know, don't have time on their side to be able to do that because kids are wanting to pull the trigger right now. I mean, uh, Caden Curry is the the exception. Like the norm is all these kids that are trying to book their reservations. I mean, if if Tennessee could get more kids to be like Caden Curry, then they'd be golden. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody with a new in a new coaching staff situation would be the way. I can't imagine coach coaches really like the June visits and the springtime visits. Now, if you're established, you know, somewhere maybe that helps you. But I, I still just think that it's hard to show your atmosphere. It's hard to show what you've got going on. It's hard to put on a good show, you know, with those springtime visits and, and the summertime official visits. Now, those numbers will be a lot less next year, we know, because teams are not going to carry this many visits into the month of June. Uh, but, but June visits are, are an interesting decision, you know, that you have to make as a coach, you know, and can you, you know, like, for example, can you get through, you know, can you get through having Walter Nolan on your campus a couple of times and he's not made a commitment and then you can get him an official visit in the fall. That's a huge win. I mean, that's a huge win, but if he says, Hey, I want to take an official visit the last weekend, are you going to tell him no? You can't take a visit visit the last weekend of June, you know, because you're afraid you might make a decision in August and you didn't get a chance to do the academics and do all the things that you want to do to sell the parents on things, you know, with an official visit. That's the challenges that coaches are dealing with and why people are not enamored with with spring visits, you know, because it's a hard decision to make because it's a double-edged sword, as both of you guys mentioned. All right. Um Tennessee on the current squad is, is working out. Of course, we had the news on Caden Salter on Monday. We'll see what ultimately happens to that. That young man has obviously put himself in a very precarious spot uh, with the university, being on probation at this point. How that all plays out, you know, we will see. But he has done himself no favors since he has arrived on campus with his actions. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, at this point, I. You can't sit there and look at that and, and see his name on a roster and say he's a factor at all in the quarterback competition. I don't think he was going to be anyway as a freshman, but I don't even know that he'll get to the field to get to practice. Even if he remains a part of the program, he might be suspended from school for a semester or a year. 
So we'll see what happens there. I Obviously, mean, he's made a horrible, you know, just horrible decisions since he's been here. Cover to me, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to minimize any of this, and, but you know, if if he's a middle linebacker or a cornerback, I don't think it's a big deal, especially the misdemeanor weed stuff. I mean, not something that's legal and a growing portion of our country, but to have a guy at the quarterback position making those kind of decisions, I mean, to me, that's that does that does not say anything positive about his future here. No, and I mean, you know, he's had two, he's had two, two, you know, two situations, and and the second one came. 17 days after being officially reinstated to the team. Um, so j- just, just not a, not, not making, not good decision-making at all off the field. And we'll see what happens there e- elsewhere on the team. It, Austin, it feels the, it feels like the vibes, you know, is good right now and, and things are going well. Um, everybody wants to, who looks good, who does this, you know, th- We'll see, right? I mean, it, it's. I mean, I know I'm pessimistic, but it's hard to get. It's hard to say this guy's suddenly. I mean, the the kid who transferred in from Kansas, right? I mean, one of the best looking kids walking around, right? AP. Oh, looks like a million dollars. I mean, long yeah. arms, just stacked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean uh, does that mean he can play? I don't know. I've not seen him, but right. he looks pretty. He looks yeah. really pretty. Um. You know, I, I think two guys that are set up to, to really blossom this fall are, are the Jimmies, Jimmy Holiday and Jimmy Callaway. I think they kind of got a new new mindset. I think they, they really like this new staff. I think they like Cody Burns, and I think they love the new offense. Now, that receiver room, you know, they keep bringing in bodies, you know, you know, Javante Payton, Anderson Kobe, obviously had a really good spring. Now they didn't bring him in. He was actually the kind of the last gift of the, the previous staff. They brought him in the 11th hour, um, you know, but it, to me it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what a lot of these guys do. Like, you know, Caleb Tremblay looks like a guy that can play, but, I mean, like he doesn't look near as good as DJ Terry. Yeah. Hey, Pete, the, just quick point. The last the last gift of this last staff was a never-ended NCAA investigation. Just to clarify, <laughs> it is never it's ending at this point. It, has, has Rob finally moved on from Butch? Like he was always the barbs against Butch. Now it's you know the little jabs at, at the last staff. Now, <laughs> well, no, I'm not moved on from Butch. There, there's a time and a place. <laughs> Certainly, the time and a place for Tennessee is to try to get this investigation done, which is seemingly not going to end anytime soon. It feels like, even though. You keep hearing that it's close, but who knows? When as, as, as somebody said to me, Hubs, like if, if they had enough to fire him with calls back in back in January, like what are they still investigating now? Like what what is this? I, I, it, it does seem like uh, you know a bit crazy. Well, I mean, maybe they just feel like that you know because the NCAA. I mean, if you get the NCAA in on all the interviews and somebody drops something in an interview, that's a new bit of a nugget. I mean, how can you sit there and just ignore it at this point? You know, when the NCAA is listing, you got to go. Ch- you got to go chase that thing down, right? They, they fired nine people. Who are they still? Who's still left to interview? That might have been involved. I don't know. <laughs> Great question. It's but it, it doesn't seem like it's it's heading towards resolution. Um, I, I mean, I think the most honest thing the chancellor has probably said was back on back on vol calls back in the early part of spring, which is that it's not going to be resolved before football season starts. And it certainly doesn't feel like they're getting close to being resolved before football season starts. All right. Quickly, as we get uh, to, to wrap it up here, 
Rob, anything of note on the hoops front? I know they've had a bunch of visitors. we got coaches on the road. If you didn't read the War Room last week, go back and reread the hoops part of the War Room last week because that paints the picture of what Tennessee's early board looks like in, what, 23? You believe um, it. You know, that, that, that clears that out there. But what's the latest in hoops here? Uh, this week, slow week, uh, we'll have Deontay Green on campus starting on Wednesday. Power forward from – he goes to Ashland Christian, the guy that, that Tennessee's been in on for a while, uh, plays for Chris Paul's AAU team, a, a program that new assistant um, Justin Ganey has recruited for a long time. Um, so that's the biggest thing as far as recruiting. Then they'll finish up uh, next week. They'll have B.J. Edwards and Dylan Mitchell both on campus – for official visits that'll be big don't think bj will do anything after his you know immediately after his trip but i think you could hear a decision coming coming from him sometime in the next month or so and real quick i know we mentioned this maybe last week but i talked to bobby mays tonight and having an alumni game july 3rd william blunt and a lot by a not a william blunt alumni game a U university of tennessee alumni game and uh, he's got grant coming in josh richardson is coming in. A lot of guys will be there. I mean, if you're Jordan Bowden's playing, Jordan Bone, Kyle Alexander, Admiral, um, should be a lot of fun. If you're a Tennessee fan in East Tennessee, that will be a uh, that will be a fun event. July Saturday, July third. And and, and when, when's the Rocky Top League start? And who drafted Wayne Chisholm and Melvin Goins? <laughs> Rocky Top League. Ugh. I don't think we're gonna. <laughs> Hey, is, is Jackie Butler going to be here for the game? Matt McClung, I hear, is going to play in the Rocky Top League this July, AP. By the way, in addition to the alumni game that Bobby Mays has got going on, B.J. Edwards is going to play um, in, in a matchup game there as well um, in, in a showcase game. So Tennessee fans get a chance to get a glimpse uh, at him. I mean, there's, some, there's some throwback, some throwback guys coming. Chisholm's, Weezy's going to be here, Tyler Smith, J.P. Prince. Oh yeah, Jordan McRae. I mean, Bobby's. Bob, it should it should be a lot of fun. I don't know how much gas some of these guys have left in the tank, but there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of guys there, a lot of guys that want to come back and are excited about it. Yeah, I bet there's a few points scored in that game um, <laughs> for sure. I'm, not a lot of defense, but a lot of points going to be scored in that game. So we'll have more information on that coming up as well. That's on July the third, right at at, at William Blount. Saturday, July the third. Out and out in, in Blunt County. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast on this Tuesday. Of course, Tennessee with baseball later this afternoon. We'll get you ready for that game with a little preview coming up uh, in just a bit as well. Full coverage of everything from Omaha uh, as, as Tennessee looks to stay alive in the College World Series. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. <laughs>